0: Hi everyone, I'm John C. Morley, the host of the Moore Tech Talk Show and Inspirations for Your Life. it is john c morley here serial entrepreneur your podcast host and of course your podcast coach it's great to be with you guys uh happy belated thanksgiving i hope you and your families have all had a wonderful relaxing joyful uh amazing uh memorable um thanksgiving uh holiday and uh of course i wish everyone safe travels so i want to uh thank you guys for being here whether you're here uh, when we're broadcasting live, or you're here in the morning, or you're here at 9 a.m., 9 p.m., 3 a.m., 3 p.m., 12 noon, 12 midnight, thank you so much for being here and being part of um, the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. We are on the last Friday, ladies and gentlemen, of November. That means next week, Friday will mark the 1st of December. Wow. All right, we've got a great show for you guys here tonight. If you're new, there's a QR code at the top right-hand corner of the screen. All you got to do is just take your smartphone and uh, just launch your camera app. Pretty easy to do. Uh, Once you launch your camera app, just point over the QR code like so. Touch the yellow lips, and you'll get my link tree as easy as that. We've added a brand-new section called Tools for Podcasts, Hosts, and Guests. Definitely check that out because there's so much great stuff that you are going to not want to miss. All right. So uh, we have a great show for you guys, and you know we start um, with some great topics that I think are going to make you guys really happy. And tonight's uh, topic for the J Moore Tech Talk Show—you're probably wondering what it is. Well, our our rollout is called, yes, a tech sympathy on Un- set, a tech symphony unveiled. Uh, J Moore Tech Talk Show, show two, show forty-seven. So this actually we're in series two, really, and show forty-seven. So let's get right into it, shall we? All right. So um, earlier uh, this morning, yes, the American Dream Wall uh, they reopened after a bomb threat. So my question is, uh, what actually happened? Uh, in you know, in um, I'm going to say in in American Dream World, you know what what, what happened with uh, with this with this bomb this bomb threat uh, today? I, I think this is absolutely crazy. Um, they evacuated everyone, obviously from the mall and, um, within an hour, everyone was brought back. So, um, as you know, the American dream mall is a pretty vast mall and it's located in Northern New Jersey and it reopened after it was evacuated due to a bomb threat, um, early this morning. And, uh, the Jersey, uh, state police said they received the threat shortly after 7am prompting the evacuation. Wow. This is absolutely insane. And now the next next question you might be saying is so. What? Why? Why was there a threat made on the American Dream Wall? You know, that's a hard one, I guess, to even answer for anyone. You know, but but why did they threaten uh, the American Dream Wall uh, this morning? I don't think anybody really knows. Um, it just it just kind of upset everyone. And, uh, I think the biggest thing is that people were not expecting it. And so, um, the mall did reopen, uh, it's located East Rutherford, New Jersey, and it is the second largest mall in the United States of America. So, uh, again, New Jersey was evacuated on Black Friday due to bomb threat. 7.13 AM, an individual had, uh, Uh, shared some information that there was a bomb inside of American Dream Mall in East Rutherford, uh, New Jersey, that was in Burton County. And out of, you know, the state of erring on caution, the mall was immediately evacuated by the New Jersey State Police. Uh, And so uh, the state police's bomb and canine units conducted a sweep of the mall for explosive devices, but found nothing, thankfully. The mall was deemed safe and it was reopened by 11 a.m. through the investigation And it is still ongoing, uh, according to the agency's X account, which we all know that used to be Twitter. And so one of the mall's retail employees told uh, Bloomberg that she's been on high alert due to the Israel Hamas war. And she added that she didn't feel comfortable entering the mall even after law enforcement said it was safe. So everyone um, has been a little bit concerned about this. And uh, the question is, you know, you never can be too safe. So everybody seems to be, uh, you know, back in uh, their uh, merry way of shopping. But, you know, it's really something when somebody can take away, you know, your freedom, that sense of you basically, um, you know, not being able to shop. And, And another interesting thing happened today was the HSBC, yes, locks out thousands of UK customers. And guess what? They apologize. Isn't that nice? So, uh, yeah, they locked out thousands of customers in Britain um, this Friday, and uh, they were unable to access some mobile and online uh, banking services and the latest in a long-running series of problems for British banks. And the website Down Detector tracked service outages reported. Complaints began shortly after 7 o'clock uh, GMT and peaked at more than – 4,000 by 0900, with hundreds of customers still complaining of issues by 1,600 GMT. Uh, HBC acknowledges the problems, and I quote, We're working hard to restore HSBC UK's mobile and online banking service, including the authorizing of online card purchases by the app, uh, a spokesperson from the bank had said. Quote, we understand this is a really frustrating for some of our customers and we are really sorry for the inconvenience, close quote problems are the result of an internal system issue. The spokesperson said, I don't know. I I, I lose trust when we have issues like this. I really do. And according to the bank and I quote the HSBC outage uh, will cause a real headache for a lot of its customers in the worst case, it could prevent people making essential payments such as rents and bills, but it also falls on Black Friday. We need that, like we need a hole in the head. One of the busiest shopping days of the year, uh, said Sam Richardson, a deputy editor of the Consumer Adequacy Magazine. But you know, it's interesting, you know, what's going on. Why is HSBC so uh why is HSBC so unprepared? I guess that's my question. Because what why is HSBC uh so unprepared you know they, they have had issues before and i don't know i don't know if this is a sign of their type of banking of their leadership uh but i don't know I I, I just feel that it's it's a problem it's it's a big problem and I don't think that they did their homework I I don't know, lady. But I, I just I just feel that you know a lot of these banks don't do what they need to do, um. And then suddenly there is a a big problem, right? Uh, and in case you are wondering what that is, so that is the Hong Kong and Shanghai Banking Corporation uh, Limited, and uh, so you know. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, um, is the HSBC Chinese or British? Well, the HSBC holding PLC, uh, Chinese, originally the Hong Kong and the Shanghai Bank Corporation, uh, known locally as the Hong Kong Bank in Hong Kong during the 1980s and 90s, is a British universal bank and financial services group headquartered in London and England with historical and business links to East Asia and a multinational um, country. So I don't know, uh, people say to me, you know, who who is HSBC owned by? So it's a wholly owned subsidiary of the Global HSBC Banking and Financial Group, which has been headquartered in London since 1983, and the UK headquarters of HSBC is located at one century square in Birmingham. But I don't know, I, I just feel that, you know, they're not doing what they need to do. And this is putting our American people and population at risk. So, I don't know. I, I think HSBC, if I if I do speak, so HSBC uh, is making mistakes, and um, they have been accused of benefiting from higher interest rates while not fully passing them on to their sa- uh, savers. After its pre-tax profits uh, this year more than doubled. BN and the banking giant resulted for the first six months of 2023, sharply up by 6.6 BN reported during the same period a year ago. So I don't know if I fully trust the bank. I know they've got a lot of tenure and all that, but I don't know. I just kind of, I feel like there might be some scandals or there might be some things that are getting hidden. I hope I'm wrong but I just don't have a lot of faith in this bank. I mean, this is just me. This is my gut feeling and the way that they've been operating. uh, What I can tell you just from what I've been reading and what I've been seeing HSBC's, um, uh, let's say um, management on technology is in my opinion, um, it's poor. It's poor. And, Not that every bank is good, there's not a lot of good banks, but they claim that the improved technology has the potential to make them better and nimbler at identifying financial crime. And that's all great. But I just think these banks, a lot of them don't have a clue what they're doing. Uh, I mean, failure of four banks in six weeks, that's a sign of a poor risk management. And HSBC is in the middle of that fire. I don't feel that I personally trust that bank and they've done some things that are just not great. Um, It's, it's cautioned and and made a lot of people worried, Uh, but to take a whole system down like that, I don't know. Um, It's a big problem. The thing about HSBC is that they're going right for these new technological breakthroughs, but they're really not doing their homework. They're really not doing their homework. So people ask, is HSBC ethical? So a lot of research has indicated that HSBC invests in companies linked to deforestation, uh, fossil fuels, arms and military supplies, nuclear weapons, and the Myanmar military. And it has the worst gender pay gap of any UK bank around. Uh, they pay excessive compensation to executives and scored the worst rating for a tax conduct. I have to say that they have a lot lower of a um, threshold for making changes to anything. If you think of some of the other more stringent banks, you have to like give an arm or blood to get anything done. I know because I know a few people that work for HSBC and they've told me that their approval process takes some time, but it's nowhere near what some of the other banks uh, that we have and been known for a while, like in the United States and New York and across the countries and also Delaware. So interesting things. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just very uh, distraught that a bank didn't have a fail-through system to accommodate this. So I say shame on you, HSBC. I'm sorry. Um Unlocking technology to make the holidays outstanding is what I want to get to now because, you know, we just had Thanksgiving and hopefully you guys really appreciate Thanksgiving. But now, as we're getting ready for uh, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and all the other uh, great holidays, right? I think we need to learn how to leverage technology so that we don't become, um, let's say, inundated by things, but also that we do not become. Uh, let's say, encapsulated in the fact that we don't have our own freedom. Because I think sometimes people rely on technology so much that they don't make their own decisions. Even though they can, they don't. Let me give you a perfect example. Let's say you go to um, a typical grocery store, or maybe you go to uh, a local uh, store, and you give the cashier... Ah, uh, ten dollars. and let's say hypothetically, um, you know that item is a dollar fifty, right? A dollar fifty. So what a lot of people will do, unfortunately, is they will wait for the register to tell them exactly what to do, right? So ten minus the one is nine, right? Then it'd be eight fifty. But a lot of people, either because they're lazy, because they haven't built enough self-confidence up, don't use the technology in the right way. So what I want to talk to you about is that there's a lot of technology out there that can help us embrace the holidays, uh, spend more time with our loved ones, and uh, really appreciate all that the season has to offer. So there are things like smart doorbells and security cameras you might have heard like ring and other companies and they're able to do things like you know let you know when somebody's at your door or before somebody even gets to your door they can notify you um so that you have uh you know that um, that indication also when you have family or loved ones coming you get that few extra seconds before they actually ring the doorbell So you can kind of tidy things up just a little bit. But, you know, there's lots of things out there uh, that can be employed. There's a company out there now that allows you to take your entire uh, home or building and scan it with their um, mobile device. And then all you do is you just take your finger and you drag all the decorations that you want on the house, the building, exactly what you want. And then when you're all done, you hit a button and a light comes on and it basically projects um, over your home or building um, with those animated pieces all put in different spots. I think that's really, really cool. So that's a good use of technology. Now, <clears throat> maybe you're worrying because <laughs> Aunt Judy and your family will still make it the event virtually if they can't attend a person. Yes, they're still going to make it <coughs> thanks to things like uh, telepresence, uh, teleconferencing, whether it's Zoom, whether it's all kinds of different systems out there, right? Meeting systems. And so this can allow you to do a couple of things. One, it can allow you to uh, be close to people virtually and get to connect with them and talk with them. But the other nice thing is, let's say uh, you've got relatives and they can't, they're not going to travel for whatever reason. So maybe you're going to send them the food that you're making and you all can take part in a virtual dinner, even though um, you're sending them real food. It's virtual because, you know, you're sending it to them, but the experience online is virtual. But yet it's kind of a little more because they're getting a chance to actually taste the food. So that's a really cool thing. You might have heard of things called virtual drinks uh, where you can make your own drink. But I think it's really cool when you not only make your own drink, but when somebody sends you something and you're able to make something. I think that's really cool. So, yes, Aunt Judy and your family will still make the event. Virtually, if they can't attend in person, they simply need their smartphone or their laptop, and they very easily can connect with you. I think that's a really cool thing. Um, Now that uh, everyone has gone home for Thanksgiving and maybe after the next holidays, what do you do? Who is going to help you clean up this mess? Well, don't worry about that because you have a, a smart powered uh robot uh vacuum cleaner that you can summon by just picking up your smartphone launching the app and voila uh that uh smart little uh vacuum cleaning robot will actually um get all those things especially the ones that uh you don't notice that grandpa joe always makes on the table and uncle sam they just make such a mess and this just goes everywhere doesn't disturb the Furniture, it just very neatly and uh, nonchalantly goes under the furniture, goes back and forth. It even has the ability to empty itself out uh, when uh, it's full and it knows when to recharge itself. And it can also make sure it doesn't go downstairs and all kinds of other things using smart uh, beginning AI, artificial intelligence technology and sensors. So, um, you know, we've also got things like smart dishwashers. Uh, One of my favorites is Bosch, but there's lots of different brands. I like Bosch because uh, they're one of the very few that you can uh, turn on at whatever hour in the the night or morning. And they're whisper quiet. You don't hear them. And what's also cool about them is that when you load them and you turn on in the smart mode, it can sense whether it needs to run uh, more water, less water, and thus be efficient. But because it's also efficient in the area that it doesn't use a heating element, it uses a rock. Yeah, it uses a rock, a very special kind of rock that when air is put on it, moisture is then uh, dissipated from that rock and allows the dishes to cool. Now, if you're wondering how that works, well, it's really simple. Uh, Bosch started this a long time ago. Uh, Bosch is, um, if you want to call it their heat rock or um, uh, I, I, li- I like to call it the the rock to, um, to dry dishes. Uh, for, for Bosch and, um, it's a mineral, uh, it's called Zeolite and it turns water into heat. And, uh, it was first used in, uh, high-end dishwashers, uh, like Thermador, but now it's being used in, uh, their sister brands like the Bosch performance series. And it's kind of a magic mineral. So again, the mineral is called Zeolite and it turns water into heat. And the nice thing about this is that you don't waste a lot of extra energy trying to heat up your dishwasher to, um, you know, uh, dry your dishes. So I think that's another cool thing. But Remember, technology is not just about things we plug in. It's about innovations like this uh, rock that I've told you about, this one that is called uh, Zeolite. And um, it's really pretty cool because All Bosch dishwashers use condensation to dry, and condensation is more hygienic and energy efficient than heating an element. So I think that is really cool. Um, So we've got new technologies that are starting to spring up all over the place. And so you put your dishes in a dishwasher, give it a light rinse. You don't even have to do that. And in less than three hours, I think it's two hours, 29 minutes, whatever it is, the system will automatically tell you when it's going to finish. And what I like with mine is it actually projects uh, basically a, um, uh, a light onto my tile floor. And on that floor, it shows a representation of what stage it's in, whether it's in washing, uh, rinsing, uh, drying. It's really pretty cool. And it even shows in the beginning how many minutes are uh, left In the cycle. So that's pretty cool. Like, you know, start the machine, close the door, and within a couple seconds, I know I got to see that little thing on the floor. And it shows the amount of minutes and it kind of cycles through those things. I think that's pretty cool. And that's a great use of technology. All right. What we don't want to do is use technology in a manner that is going to alienate ourselves or others. Uh, Many kids, millennials, even adults, they bury their phone in this, in their head in this phone like this. And it's like, you know, they just keep looking at it. And they don't realize that they're being non-social. They don't realize that they're being rude. They don't mean to be rude, but they have missed their calling in life when it comes to social cues. So I think that's a big thing. And what I would tell you to do, whether it was Thanksgiving, Christmas, or any holiday you go out, or anytime you go out to dinner with somebody or just hang out, you know, put that phone away. Uh, Maybe you're on a date with somebody. Maybe it's a friend. You can say, hey, look, Uh, and they're texting. I used to say to them, hi, uh, look, um, bud, uh, I know we were hanging out here for lunch, um, but if you want to hang out with your phone, I'll leave. They're like, what do you mean? I said, well, the entire time I've been at the the table with you having lunch, you've done nothing but had your head buried in that phone and been typing so quickly, and I don't think you have as much as said, how are you? Uh, I think the only thing I did hear you say was what you were ordering for dinner, and that's it. And they might get taken back like you're being rude, but you're not. They're the ones being rude. They're the ones that are not adjusting to social culture. Is it the technology's fault? No. I blame the people because we need to be educated on how and why and when to use technology. Like I told you, you can use it to talk to Grandpa Joe or, you know, Aunt uh, Judy, right? Um, That's different. But when you're using it to, like, converse in social media and not just take a picture, things like that, that is saying that what I'm doing is more important than what you have. I remember going to um, a bowling alley with somebody I was hanging out with. We were having a good game. And all of a sudden they had their face buried in their, in their iPhone. Every time they weren't bowling, their face was buried in the iPhone. And then they like, they put it down and they would quick run, boom. And I'm like, what the blank, you know, like really, gee, like, and they believe that they could do whatever they want because see, no one else called them on their stuff. No one called them on the carpet. So there's a, a good way to do this. And nasty way to do this, the nice way to do this is, hey, bud, hey, hey, uh, Jill, hey, Joe, hey, Mike, hey, Scott. I know, I know you got to check your messages, but, you know, we haven't seen each other in a couple months, and it'd be nice to talk to you instead of the back of your cell phone. You laugh, but how many times have you gone out to a restaurant and saw people playing around with them? Maybe the kids are playing with these games, in they're... Basically, a pacifier for the kids so that the adults can chat. I think that is a very bad use of technology. Really, really, really bad. So we need to be cognizant of that. Right now, I want to tell you about some other warnings. Right now, there are holiday fishing scams. No, I'm not talking about going fishing for trout or other types of uh, fish that you'll eat. I'm talking about phishing where companies and bad actors are actually trying to come after you and your data. So they might send you a link and it might be like, hey, you know, you just won uh, $250, uh, you know, to apply to our Cyber Monday. And you're like, oh my gosh, and you got to click down. they have all this like thing, you got to do it now. And then when you click it and they ask you, oh, by the way, we just need the last digits of your social security. Oh, we just need the last digits of your bank account. And you're not even thinking because you're so like, oh, my gosh, you just won. I got one just before. It's like, oh, uh, congratulations. Um, You just uh, won an entire case of Black & Decker um, tools and drills. The first thing I said to myself is this is a scam. I looked at the email and I looked at where it was coming from. And I could see that it was coming from some bogus email address. So if you don't know who it's coming from, don't open the email. That's number one. If you're using an Outlook or a program like that, make sure you set the program so that it does not activate the email. It does not load the pictures. So if you open the email, it will not be like you clicking on it because it will not run actually any kind of scripts that are in there unless you click that link at the top. that will say download pictures. And you only want to do that if you trust who it is from. So these are some interesting things you can do. So what else can happen in phishing scams? Uh, it could be something as simple as a return. Maybe you were getting a return, and um, the system was able to detect that. Maybe you got a message from your carrier, Verizon, T-Mobile, Spr- whoever it was, and they noticed uh, that you know you just made a payment, and so they come back to you and say it didn't go through or some nonsense like that. So you might be asking me, hey John, what are? And this this is a really really good one, like John, what are The top holiday uh, phishing scams, and the biggest one is the charitable contribution scam. Charities take advantage of giving spirit of the holiday season to increase their outreach efforts. Fishing scammers send out fake donation requests with heartfelt images to try to get someone to not only give them money but also give them their credit card details. And you know what happens? They come after. You by stealing your data and unfortunately your identity. So there's lots of uh, phishing scams. There is the toad attack spoof Best Buy Geek Squad branding. Uh, That's one where they send you this email and they tell you that something's going to renew. And if you don't click here, there's the extortion themed phishing lures spread malicious software. There's dual purpose phishing attacks using block email lure. There's the lawsuit theme that if you don't click on this, we're going to sue you. Uh, There is the Geek Squad themed lures using the Toad Attackers. Uh, So there's a lot of interesting scams out there. But I would say you need to just be cognizant of what's going on. So, of course, there are things like fake charities. If somebody calls you up, maybe it's the police who says, hi, uh, I'm calling from the local police department in your town. And uh, we're calling to see if you can help us out uh with a donation of 5 10 15 20 or 100 or whatever you'd like uh since you know we you know we have we are a little low on our resources so you feel obliged to do this so what i always say to them is um i understand you're calling um to uh, to get money for your charity what's the name of your charity great Uh, Do me a favor. Would you send me a letter on this? Because there's so many scammers on the phone. I'm sure you're not. And I just would like to get a letter in the U.S. mail uh, asking me uh, to give a donation. Now, if they're not a real charity, they will go away. Because if someone sends you uh, a letter in the mail and it is fraud, that's mail fraud. That's a big, big legal problem. So they're not going to want to be part of that. There's package theft. Uh, UPS, FedEx trucks, they're everywhere dropping off packages of all kinds of goodies from everyone. And these drop-offs, you know, go very planned. Unfortunately, though, 23 million customers are going to have their packages stolen from their doorsteps this year. That's terrible. And I don't want you to be one of them. So if possible... Um, when ordering something expensive, arrange for a delivery that requires your signature upon receipt, have them leave it with a neighbor that you trust only, uh, otherwise track your order and know when to look out for it. So you can bring it inside as quickly as possible after it's dropped off. These are some important things you can do. Uh, bogus sites. You might get lucky and find that, uh, perfect gift at a super low price. Uh, don't put your credit card in there because the chances are that site is not legitimate. Don't buy it from a non HTTPS site. That'll be a solid lock or a solid key. And you can easily see on the top of your browser, whether there's a solid lock or key, you can click right on it. And then you can see uh, basically what it is. Then you can see it says cookies. It says a connection secure. If you click on the connection secure, it'll tell you your information. Um, blank is private when it's sent to this site, or it's not. Then it says certificate is valid or not valid. If I click on that link, it'll tell me that uh, it was issued to this common name, which would be thisdomain.com. And so um, that works very easily. But what you're going to find is that a lot of these companies will use these, I don't call them knockoffs, but they'll use these certificates that don't really have a lot of um, backing on. So, you know, they might have a basic certificate, but they'll use a company like Let's Encrypt. And people ask you all the time, um, you know, is is Let's Encrypt um, a, a good a good SSL? So Let's Encrypt DVC will ensure the data of your organization's visitors can't be hacked. However, you'll need an organization validation certificate if you're selling products on your website. And this is... Type of certificate is only issued to companies, and you can't obtain them as an individual. So that's pretty important. Uh, Is Let's Encrypt um, a reliable company? Um, So first of all, disadvantage. Let's Encrypt is a global certificate. That's number one. Um, When you assess two solutions, such as Let's Encrypt to use or another paid provider, Reviewers also prefer doing business with uh, Let's Encrypt overall, but I feel that uh, it meets a lot of standards. Uh, but then again, I don't feel it's as reliable as some of the paid certificates. So you might be saying, "Well, gee, why shouldn't I use Let's Encrypt?" Well, it doesn't mean you can. Can you? It, it doesn't mean you can use it safely. Uh, a little protection preventing. Um, to prevent distributors of malware from making use of Let's Encrypt exists. Malware distributors have already taken advantage of this. For example, around 15,000 certificates have been issued to phishing sites containing PayPal as a term. So I gotta tell you that some of these larger companies that are doing something to make sure the security is being adhered to is pretty cool. Uh, So when you go, let's say, and get an EV, an extended validation certificate, they have to do a lot more due diligence. They wanna check your site, they're going to check your company, make sure you haven't had any kind of, uh, let's say, uh, hand slaps or any type of wrongdoings with the government, anything uh, that could be uh, not legal. And uh, if you did, they will not issue uh, you a certificate. So that is really cool. So phishing scams, ladies and gentlemen, are definitely something that are on the rise, unfortunately. You have the fake freebies. Uh, you might see, oh, gee, Facebook says or Instagram says, oh, you know, you just got a brand new phone completely free of charge. Just fill out this information for shipping. Yeah, right. You got the defunct gift cards. Many scammers sell expired or empty gift cards. This time you're hoping to make a profit on a card. It isn't worth more than the plastic it's used to make it. Uh, you can ask to inspect any gift card you purchase before you finalize the sale. Check to see if the activation code is exposed. If it is, scammers probably already used the card or has copied the information and will use it soon. Temporary holiday jobs. Lots of businesses are hiring extra hands to get them through the busy season. Don't get stuck working for criminals. Many scammers will pose as employees of recognized businesses and post help wanted ads on social media platforms and popular websites. When a job seeker follows the links in these ads, they're directed to a bogus site that looks just like the site of the company the scammer claims to represent. Let me tell you another one that I learned from. So there was, uh, I think it was a while ago when I was. Uh, just graduating college, there was uh, this company offering part-time work. So I said, oh, this is really cool. And uh, I had applied, they told me, you know, that I was accepted. And um, then they told me that they're gonna be sending my first check so that I can go buy some, you know, equipment that they need, software and equipment. And I had to go buy it from them because it was specialized. I said, okay, fine. So I got this check from them and it was in an email, not encrypted, uh, just a regular email, and I printed it out and the check wasn't even the correct size of a legitimate check. So I called them back and like, "Oh, well, that's part of the test. You have to figure out how to deposit it." So, um I, I was able to figure out how to get it deposited, but then I didn't actually deposit I I I you know, tried to see if I could get it in. I did, but I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not going to deposit it. Something's wrong. So I went and called, um, the bank that the check was written on and I called them up and I said, Hey, um, I'm such and such. I got this check. I'm not sure if it's a limit check. Could you tell me, uh, this is the account numbers, right? Number, um, this, how much is the check for? I said, the check is currently for $4,800. They said, Oh, uh, that, that check was already issued five years ago, and it was issued in the amount of $42 or $18. And they're like, if you cash that check, your bank will make good on it. But then within a, within a few days, the check is going to bounce. So what happens is they get you to spend, put it in your account. They get you to spend money to basically pay for whatever crap they need. And then what happens is you may or may not have the money to cover that. And now you're on the hook. Because you don't really have the money that they said you did. It's terrible. So be cautious this holiday season, ladies and gentlemen. There's a lot of scammers out there. And unfortunately, if something seems too good to be true, chances are it probably is. Uh, Did you know that many uh, major online in-person stores are not DMARC compliant? What the heck is DMARC? So, uh, DMARC, a compliance, uh, is a pretty uh, neat thing that was set up a while back, and it stands for um, Domain Based Message Authentication Reporting and Conformance. Let me say that again: Domain Based Message Authentication Reporting and Conformance. And it has it's a protocol, and it can help to mitigate certain kinds of cyber threats. So DMARC is a protocol for authenticating that the email is sent from the organization's domain is a legitimate message and it's not fraudulent. There are a lot of people that try to, uh, let's say, hack and send an email as if it came from you, but it wasn't you. So by using DMARC, well, they won't be able to send it, because it'll know that it's not from your domain. So it's a protocol for authenticating that an email sent from an organization's domain is legitimate um, and it's not fraudulent. And the illegitimate use of an organization's domain is a common technique in impersonation attacks, where cyber criminals will pose as a trusted source inside an organization and trick recipients to email into divulging sensitive information. So uh, DMARC uh, compliance enables a sender to specify that their messages are protected by DKIM or SPF. And it lets receivers know what to do if an email isn't in the DMARC compliance. So DMARC compliance is highly effective at stopping impersonation attacks. So um, you might be wondering, John, what is uh, what is DKIM? I mean, I know that's probably some So so what what is DKIM? Well, I'm going to tell you. So DKIM stands for Domain Keys Identified Mail. It's an email authenticated method uh, that she uses a digital signature to let the receiver of the email know that message is indeed one that should go through. Uh, there's also something called SPF. Um, no, I'm not talking about sun protection uh, factor there, guys. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about SPF. So, um, SPF helps authenticate email senders by verifying email um, origin. And so people ask, should I use SPF or DKM? So SPF is used to authenticate the sender and ensure that only authorized servers can send emails from your domain, while DKM is used to verify that the messages haven't been tampered with in transit. So one makes sure that messages can go out, and the other makes sure that when they come in, that they have not been, um, let's say, uh, mangled or changed in any way. Now, interesting thing about this, ladies and gentlemen, is that um, next year, Google and Yahoo will be requiring DMARC authentication. They've already started getting tight with a lot of stuff coming down, but um, you're going to see a lot more of this in 2024 because of They're seeing a lot of spam out there and a lot of spam that is actually leading into phishing, which is a serious, serious problem. So what that means is if you are an organization and you're sending email and you are not using the DMARC authentication system, then Google and Yahoo are going to flag your messages as spam. This is even going to happen with things like AOL. It's going to happen with a lot of different platforms and it's going to annoy some people. But you have to understand why they're doing it. They're doing it to make sure that messages that are coming from a domain name. For example, um, I send a a message from one of my domains. I'm just going to say test.com. I'm just going to make that up. Now, if I wasn't really the owner of that domain and I try to send something, then I wouldn't be able to get through. With the old days, you could just send and pretend that I was from that domain, and I could just change in the mail header that it was from this domain. Now, even though the real uh, origin wasn't from that domain, I can make it look like it came from that domain by changing the two from record. Um, but now we're getting a little more specific into the fact that it's more than that, and it's also about these keys, like the uh, the the ones I was just talking to you about, right? The the two mark keys. Uh, one being the fact of SPF and DKIM. Uh, and I think a lot of people are starting to realize that mail compliance is important. It's, it's really important. And the reason that a lot of these organizations, and I'm talking about banks and uh, other corporations, and even if you're a small mom pop company, if somebody was to exploit your domain and send a message on your behalf, asking for money, uh, sending out malicious software, even though you did not do it, you could be in trouble with the way it was before. Now, of course, you could get off once you were proven innocent, but you would be immediately uh, suspected as being guilty because it would look like it came from you. Now, there is less chance because that won't even originate since it's going to validate a lot more things. So, I think this is really, really cool. You know, when we think about technology, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, technology is not good. Technology is not bad. It's how we as individuals choose to utilize and apply that in our lives and others. So as we start to move into the holidays that are coming up, Black Friday is already pretty much uh, over. I know some stores, I think, are open to 11 or 12, and they got a Cyber Monday realizing that that impulse to buy something or that now factor and when it seems like it's being pressured too much step back take a breath chances are there's something fishy going on or funny and that's why there's so much pressure being put on you because they don't want you to think because once you think they know you're going to stop that's why They make it that it has to happen within these seconds, this minute. They all do this crap. So I want to make you guys aware of this. Hey, guys, I am John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur. It has been an amazing privilege, a pleasure and honor to be with you this fantastic day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, giving you some insights in the tech symphony unveiled letting you know that there are a lot of great things we can harness to have an amazing, really close, connected, unified, family-filled, memorable holiday season. But unfortunately, there are lots of things out there that can trip us up, even like using Wi-Fi, going to the airports and trusting the fact that, you know, maybe you can just connect. If that's not a secure Wi-Fi, you should not be using it. Um, I actually do a couple things. When I travel, I use a secure Wi-Fi, but I also use a VPN on top of that. So I'm protected two ways. I think a lot of people blame it on the fact that, oh, I don't understand technology. Just because you don't understand is not an excuse. The IRS and the government don't consider, well, I didn't know. I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't understand. That's not an excuse. So don't tell me that just because you don't understand something that you're just going to do it this way because it seems easier. You're exactly the people that these bad actors are going to go after. And during this season, during this holiday season, bad actors are out. Let me say that again. During this holiday, bad actors are out. Okay? Google has warned of holiday scams uh, bad actors accelerating during the season. And, uh, there's a lot going out, um, you know, through emails, through gift card giveaways, through charities, through demographic targeting, uh, through even spearhead fishing. Now that's a real interesting, John, what the, what is spearhead, uh, if I had to tell you, what is a spearhead, You'll understand about spearhead fishing is that it's it's definitely uh, something that is very, very specific. It's a type of fishing that targets a specific person or group and will often include information known to be of interest to that target, such as current events or financial documents. Maybe uh, that particular person was involved uh, in being the head of uh, sports. And so now they would go after people that are the head of sports, right? Uh, You know, it's crazy, but it's really, it's really, really, uh, it's something we have to be aware of, okay? Uh, There's something else I want to talk to you about. It's called whaling, and that's W-H-A-L-I-N-G. Here's how it works. Um, It's a highly targeted phishing attack aimed at senior executives and it masquerades as a legitimate email. And whaling is digitally enabled fraud through social engineering designed to encourage victims to perform a secondary action such as initiating a wire, a funds, making a purchase, etc. Whaling does not require extensive technical knowledge, yet can deliver huge returns. Whaling emails are more sophisticated than generic phishing emails as they often target C-level executives. They could turn personalized information about target organizations or individuals, convey a sense of urgency, are crafted with a solid understanding of the business language and tone. It might be something as simple as, Hi Michael, I know your daughter Carrie is always going to school, and we're concerned that she's getting the right of education and yada yada. And now you're like, oh my gosh, like I heard from your friend, like they could just put this whole story together, but it's all nonsense. And because you start to think the litmus test is true because one or two things add up. They really don't. It's that they did their homework to get social information about you to get you off your game. That's what it is. All right, guys. I hope you have a great rest of your night, an amazing week, and definitely check out BelieveMeAchieve.com. Like, love, support the the feed. Go to BelieveMeAchieve.com, click on that PayPal link, make the choice, buy my team and I a cup of coffee, a bowl of fruit, or a scrumptious bowl of desserts. Either way, we'll be grateful for those pennies and dollars. We'll invest them into new hardware, new technology, new equipment, new software, even new facilities to give you the most jaw-dropping, motivational content to empower you to have a life that is so amazing you'd never believed it was even possible. Remember, when you're using technology, everyone, be smart. Okay? And technology is a tool. Don't abuse it. Use it to aid your life and others. And I'll see you guys in another show real soon. Thanks for checking in on the J Moore Tech Talk show. And I can't wait to meet with you again on the first.